0: Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. My name's Dodge. I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years and thrown thousands of parties across the UK. And I'm also the owner of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival. Everyone who knows me knows I love people. Having a laugh and asking lots of questions. So I've been chatting to people with one thing in common. They've all lived eventful lives. This week I'm delving into the eventful life of Matt Wilson. Matt is the CEO and founder of Einstein Marketing and one of the best digital brains I've ever heard in my life. Matt has an incredible wealth of knowledge across all things marketing. I genuinely think you're going to really like this episode if you enjoy Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. He gives so many tips and tricks, it's unbelievable. Do us a favour and subscribe to this episode if you can, as it helps us reach a whole new audience. And if you want to get hold of me, get hold of me on Instagram, at Dodge Woodall. Here's the man himself. Mr. Matt Wilson. Matt, welcome
1: to the show, buddy. Cheers, brother. Thank you. Really, uh, really pleased to be here. Yeah, mate. Let's get cracking. Um,
0: let's go all the way back. How did you first get into marketing?
1: Um, well, I, I used to work in London. So, so one of my first sort of, I call it like professional jobs, because before that I worked in a factory, believe it or not, my old man. And uh, I got into sales. When I first started getting into like mindset and you know personal development, all that, I was in a factory. And that's when I started, you know, I found like Tony Robbins and started listening to all that sort of stuff, yeah. right? And it, it, that's what sort of seeded that oh, maybe maybe I can do more than working in a factory for the mm-hmm. rest of my life on twenty five grand a twenty five grand a year. And I started learning about sales. And one of the first jobs that I had uh, in the city was 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 as a, as a broker. We used to sell like investments. So I got into it. It was like you know, sort of boiler room environment where. It was the most like intense sales environment you could imagine. You know, there was like a floor of two hundred people, a bit really? like the Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> style, right? But like, and big... how old were you at the time? So, I, I, right at this point, I'm twenty. Okay, I'm twenty. I've just had. I've had. A, I've had a kid. I've already had Ben. He's my is he's, he's my oldest boy, and he's fourteen. So Ben Ben was one at the time, and. Uh, yeah, I'm in London now, so I'm working in London, traveling away, and I'm in this really in, intense sales environment. Massive floor, 200 people. You got like the managers and the, the guys that are whip, literally whipping you <laughs> every single day. You know, they're having cocaine for breakfast, and that, that, that's the sort of environment. It was yeah. a horrible environment for me to work in, but um, we had to make a certain amount of calls every single day, and the list, the leads that we were calling, the, the list of people that we were calling, no joke, was literally that they were purchased by the company that I worked for, but to qualify them to be on this list, they had to have an ISA, for instance. That was like, the, if they've got a savings account, even if, even if it's empty, they yep. were on this list of people. Like there was no there was no quality uh, or, or targeting in this list. It was literally as cold as you could possibly wow. get. And we're calling them up and we're made to call. We have to do 200 dials at least a day. So they have to monitor your, your dials, how many dials you actually making, this many connections. So you connections. had to make 200 calls a day to random people, completely cold? Completely cold, yeah. Wow. And, and if we didn't, you'd we'd get bollocked, you know. And it was like um, 200 Dials. We had to have a certain period of time on the phone as well, so we had to be speaking for for at least two hours a day of well as well when we weren't dialing, and we had to have all of these targets. and It was just a horrible environment to work in. I can remember exactly when this sort of coin dropped for me. We were in a meeting once, and I, I just casually asked a question to one of my seniors and just said. Because he was going on about the leads, you know, we pay for these leads, and I was like, I wouldn't pay anything for these yeah. leads. These are shit. Yeah, and I actually asked the question, um, you know, how much? How much do you pay for these leads out of interest? And he was like, each name on that list is twenty pound. And bearing in mind, I'm calling two hundred a day, and then you got mm. you got two hundred other guys calling two hundred a day. You yeah. can work out how yeah, much money yeah, they're yeah. paying yeah, for yeah. these li- crap leads. Yeah. We're talking hundreds of thousands, millions every month in, yeah. in just bad data, basically, and. um, I just, when I heard that, I was just like, there must be a better way. There must be a better way to get better people for either more money or less money, you know? Because literally all they're doing is buying these lists off massive companies. There's no intent by that person. We're calling them up most of the time. We're told to fuck off. Mm. You know, it's like, who who are you? Where'd you get my details? You know, we're battling right off the very start. So what I did, I, I went on to Google in its early days at that time, and I started studying what, what how to- What year are we talking here so, roughly? So, so we're talking now, we're talking 2007, 2007. Okay. Yeah, okay. about 2007, 2008. And um, I, st- I, I started learning how to run, I found this thing called Google Ads, and I was like, wow, you can advertise on Google, and started learning how to do that. And I, I took courses on it and I read as much information as I could. I love learning. So yeah. I was in that environment so, already. So I was just like, yeah, come on, bring it on. How do I do this? Yeah. And I got to a point where I understood it well enough where I thought I could, you know, I thought I could generate some leads for these guys. So I approached my seniors and said, look, would you be up for me running some ads? Look, you're paying this much for these shit leads already, yeah. right? Yeah, what, yeah. What's it going to hurt to give me a little test budget to see if I can get some better ones for you? So they said okay that sounds good we'll give you a thousand pounds to test it so i had the thousand pounds i tested some ads on google driving them to a page where they actually gave us their information that was yeah. the big thing yeah, right yeah, now yeah. we're getting people that have actually given us their information yeah. that warms, as opposed- warms it up straight away warms it, it, it up straight yeah. away instead of us basically <laughs> buying their information <laughs> yeah. and then cold calling yeah. them, right so i spent a thousand pounds and we ended-, we ended up generating uh uh, about 200 leads so it was about roughly around 50 quid a lead right now straight away obviously they're like oh yeah yeah it's 50 pound a lead this ain't gonna work but out of those 200 leads, I think we actually got hold of about 120 of them, which is like crazy compared yeah. to we're only getting of 10% normally. Yeah. We're now at like sort of 60%, 60% of the leads yeah, we're getting yeah. hold of. And from that, we generated two deals um, out of those leads. And the, the cheapest deal at the time that we sold was about 10 grand. So it was at least 20 grand in revenue. I think it was actually a bit more. So they'd spent a grand, made 20. Yeah. You know, and then obviously then then their tone changed and they were like, right. how did you do that? And I said, well, I've just learned how to do this. And it's really simple. We're just asking them to give us their information rather than us buying it. Yeah. And um, they then made me their marketing guy. So then I was in charge of their marketing budgets and I got more and more budget. And um, I, was, I was off the phones. I wasn't I selling anymore. And I was doing something that I actually enjoyed a lot yeah. more. And it weren't too long till I was started to get approached by a lot of their competitors. There's a really close, close-knit uh, uh a click in the in the in the middle of the city, especially mm. in the square mile. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah. And if one firm's doing really well or they've got some a lead source that the others, up. mate, they they all hear about it. Yeah. So I started getting approached by all of these other guys. And then before I knew it, I was I was generating leads for a couple of the other competitors as well. And then, you know, it,
0: what was what was that feeling like when you started when you found Google AdWords and going hold on I've got a business model here, mate. It
1: was it was it was amazing because I, I felt the pain of the other one hundred and ninety nine guys that were calling yeah. through these yeah, people fair. first of all. So <laughs> I was doing it for, for for them more than anything. I was yeah. like I'm so glad now they're calling people that actually want to speak to them. You know, it changed the whole environment. I office. But on a personal level for me, it. I, it was when I I literally realised I'd found my passion. Yeah. It wasn't about business. It wasn't about anything like that. It was the marketing side of things, which is, ba- is basically selling to mass. I was really good at selling one to one on the phone, and and all marketing is is an evolution of sales. Yeah. That's all it is. It's it's how to sell to more people with the same effort. Yeah. And 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 I just got really crazy passionate about that mentality of how we get people from where they are i.e. Google, Facebook, YouTube, to where we want them to be, which is in front of our office, because that's all marketing is, right? It's finding them and then moving them from where they are to where you want them to be. And, Mm. um, you know, cut long story short, what happened was I, I just got really worn down working in the city. I was making really good money, but at this point now, I'm expecting my second kid. I'm only 23. Got the second one on the way. I'm spending three hours on the train, surrounded by people I didn't really want to be surrounded with. You know, the lifestyle wasn't great, yeah, as you can imagine.
0: Yeah. Was it? A, was it a toxic environment?
1: Massively toxic yeah. environment, man. Yeah, yeah. You know that. That. Time, what,
0: what made you want to go there?
1: Well, to start with, just to get really good sales experience. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I was reading and learning when I was in the factory, all these books that I was reading, Branson, Tony Robbins, all of these guys, I just consumed so much information. And one thing was apparent all the way through it. They all said there's one skill that everyone has to learn if they want to be successful in business. And I knew I wanted that eventually. I knew I wanted to get there. And one skill they always all said, was selling. You've got to learn how to sell yep. product. You've got to learn how to sell a thing to someone. Yeah. Otherwise, you haven't got a business. So, you know the, the reason I went there was because it was just the most intense learning environment I could throw myself yeah. into. Yeah. I could have gone down the road to British Gas and knocked on a few doors, you yeah. know, or I could go into the thick of it, yeah. into the lion's den, into this into this floor, which is just and it was my education. I mean, it taught you to sell really quick. It weeds out the weak, you know. Yeah. It teaches you a lot of resilience. Calling that many people, getting told no that much yeah. uh, that much. Proper resilience. Though. I don't even I don't even understand the word anymore. Yeah. You
0: know. Was there was there a bullying culture? From, the, from your seniors in there?
1: Massively, yeah. There was there was lots of people. I, I luckily wasn't on the receiving end of it because I went in. A lot of the guys and a lot of the kids in, in that environment, they come just because they can get the job. They haven't studied sales in any way. And although I didn't have any sales experience, yeah. I'd studied it, man. I'd read every single book I could find on it. I'd listened to audio tapes like old school zig ziglar brian tracy yeah. all of these audio tapes. i'm a 20 20 year old kid i'm going in there and i know more about sales than the guys that have been doing it for yeah. years so i got off to a bit of a running start because yeah. i was moved from a junior to a senior in record time which i think at the time was about six weeks within a month i was actually one of the senior closers there yeah. because i just picked it up really quickly but other guys come in and they are just if they're not hitting their dials if they're not closing deals or teeing up deals they are they made a fool of you know mm. It's literally like it's it, it's um it's public humiliation a yeah. lot of the time yeah. it's just a horrible strict environment you know we had to have our suit exactly p- perfect we had to have a double Windsor tire. tie we had to have our shoes polished you know and if we weren't it was so it was almost like military yeah, strictness right. as well yeah. that's crazy how mad yeah, it is mad yeah but um but it, you know, it did it it did sort of teach me a hell of a lot for sure. But it's not somewhere I wanted to stick around. No, definitely sure. not. Not that kind of environment. What sort of time did you have to
0: start and finish, or was it like you had to wait around till the boss left for you left? What was that? Yeah,
1: what? so we, yeah, time, time, time was one of the worst things actually because they were so strict on time. If you weren't there by eight thirty, even though you had to start at nine, if you weren't there at eight thirty, you would get a, a proper bollocking, you know, real bad in front of everybody, in front of, in front of everyone. You couldn't leave early, not one minute early. Um, you couldn't go for too many toilet breaks, you know, because people would pick up on it. It you were just it, <laughs> was, it was it was mate, it was May. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. It was really it was really and it was just although I was making good money, don't get me wrong, but um, it wasn't an environment that I wanted to be in, especially as I had a, a kid and then one new one on the way. Yeah. I wanted to move away from that, so I took a job. Uh, as a marketing manager in Kent, which is where I live. Okay. And it was like just down the road from me. Happy days. And it was a guy called Andy Harrington. Mm. Um, and he runs, uh, he ran run at the time a seminar business. So he did events. So he did um uh, uh, he taught people how to speak and sell on stage. And that's what he did. You know, he went to these big events, so, uh, went on stage, did a 90 minute presentation, sold uh, a product for a couple of grand ad.
0: What product was he selling?
1: He was selling a, uh, how to speak and sell on stage. He was basically okay, right. selling what he's doing. Okay. And um, it, But it was in that space that I'd learned from. I'd learned from all of these guys. How I learned marketing was buying these, you know, these gurus, these yeah. experts, yeah. all of their trainings. Now suddenly I was in that world and I was I was meeting these guys that I'd been learning from. Yeah. So wow, this is him. I was on speaking tours with all of the big speakers and meeting all of these all of these people. But my job for this guy was to to help him grow his company. So um I did that and ended up ended up running his company.
0: How long how long how long were you in the city for before you went to Andy Harrington's?
1: Uh three years. Three years. And yeah. then you
0: went to Andy yeah. Harrington's and how long were you there for?
1: Uh ten years. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, when I when I first joined Andy, it was just off the back of one of his failed businesses, and he was into this new venture, and I was literally in a spare room in his house, and he was doing, you know, low seven figures at the time. I think when I joined, seven figures is a million, million, a quid million a year, plus a year turnover. Yeah, turnover.
0: Okay. Selling courses on how to speak on stage. Yeah, yeah. And how much was it a course?
1: About two grand on average. Okay. And, and then he had like further programs which are more expensive. Okay yeah but you know my job my marketing job was to again to get him in front of those people so that he could do it. so my job was to fill events up for him because that was his his channel to market was you know some people do it on the phone like I used to, some people do it um face to face his was one to many, so put a load of people in a room with Andy, you know close uh, a few of them into his products Is you know right and um we took that business from seven figures to to eight figures in about five years, so we were up to about ten million. And then he actually got me to run the company. So I ended up running that company in the end, not just doing the marketing. So I built the sales team for him because I had loads of experience there and contacts. I brought in a load of my my mates that I used to know that were good at selling, good on the phones, got them involved.
0: How many full-time staff did you have when you were building the business from scratch to a million? Was uh, it Andy yourself and who else? And a PA, and, and his a PA. PA. Okay. That was it.
1: It was basically just me and him. Yeah.
0: So it was a tight knit team. Yeah, really. And I'd imagine team. it had been fairly profitable business. 100 oh, yeah. percent. Yeah. I
1: mean, average profit margin was was sort of yeah between forty five and fifty five percent. Yeah, gross. gross decent. Yeah. And then there's only a couple of you to pay. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah. So the
0: net profit might be forty percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a really, really profitable model, and, he, and he, it and you know, it stuck fairly like that as we grew as well. You know, to, to ten. And Wasn't what much was difference.
0: the what? Oh, it stuck like that to ten. What yeah. was just just what a couple of staff? Well, no,
1: it didn't stick to a couple of staff. But as we grew, obviously, we were, we were you know we were making a lot more money. Hmm. So so the overheads didn't go up too much. I mean, we ended up going from from us three staff to a team of fifteen, but six of those guys were salespeople. Right. The salespeople just pay for themselves. Yeah, you know, but they, they make you they make you a lot of money. Yeah. So you can take them out of the equation. But um yeah, and that's that's where we were. And it was there really that I sort of uh, made the decision to go off on my own and start a marketing agency because because that was my real passion was the marketing side of things. And when I was running the company, I was getting pulled in more directions than I wanted yeah. to. So I was getting pulled into the politics of the office, building the team, yeah. managing the team. And I was pulled away from my passion, which was the marketing side yeah. of things, you know, the actual ads, building the landing pages and the funnels, like making yeah. them making them convert yeah, okay. and all of that sort of stuff. So you learned your trade. Was, was your time up? Were you like, well, I've done 10 years now, my time's
0: up? Or were you teeing up to leave before that?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, me and Andy had a really good relationship with it because I told him that I wanted to do that. So we sort of, to start with, had a little compromise where he was like, you know, okay. You can start taking on more clients and even some of your own staff, but while you still run my company. Yeah. So, which which I was okay with to start with. I was like, that sounds fair because it gives me the extra security as well. Yeah. Um, so, I started doing that. I took on you know two members of staff while I was still with Andy. I took on some clients, um, but then it got to the point well, as where- a side hustle. Yeah, well, as I say, a side hustle. So, I was pretty much doing them at the same time okay. because he had a, he had a fairly big office, and he ended up giving us a little room, you know, like an office within yeah. his office. like, we call it the shoebox. It was yeah. it was literally a shoebox. Yeah. We were in there, had my sign on the wall, you know. So it was it was I was doing them both pretty much the same time. But it got to the point where I wasn't doing either of them well. Yeah, okay. You know, it got to that point because Einstein marketer, my company was growing at a good rate. It then moved into okay now I'm dropping the ball there and yeah, there yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's when we made the decision to sort of part ways and um and I went off on, on my own Quality. and good for and, you and man so
0: so you left there you done your ten stint there and then you set up Einstein Marketing yeah and that's you today yeah how long have you been running this for now
1: so um just just over three years now yeah just over three years so not too long
0: yeah. Tell me what is Einstein Marketing for the listeners out there?
1: Yes, Einstein Marketing. You know, it's a it's a marketing agency. So we run ads for people. We build we build websites, you know, that we call funnels, basically, which generate leads and then generate sales. You know, our 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 speciality is is that it's it's funnels and ads because a lot of lot of companies. So just explain,
0: explain to me what a funnel is.
1: So a funnel really is just a series of, it's, it's basically a business model, which is online. Yep. So for instance, old school, old school funnel would be, you put an ad in the yellow pages to get them to call you. On the phone, you call them and close them. That's a funnel. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's just- but It was someone, never called that. It was never it, called that. Yeah, yeah, someone yeah. just coined the phrase, right, a funnel. But it, it, on, online anyway, it's a series of pages in a series of orders, which are designed to do one thing at a time. First page, convert the visitor into a lead to them to give you their information. So you're putting an advert
0: on Facebook example, yep. they're clicking that and then they're giving you their call to action as name, email, mobile.
1: Yeah, they're, so they're landing on a page which is step one of your funnel where they have one thing to do and yes. that's it. They've got one decision to make. Give us your information or leave. Yep. So, so that's step one. But then from there what we need to do is because having information is useless unless we try to move that information somewhere else. The step two of the funnel is to move that person now into a sales environment. What I mean by that, some people might have something to sell them on that page on step two. They might have a, a, a product or an offer to make them there. Yeah. Some people, especially a lot of our clients who are in the service-based industry uh, industries, you know, dentists, uh, accountants, chiropractors, um, solicitors, these types of guys that sell services for thousands of pounds. Yeah. You can't then make that, that, that person, that offer on the page. Yeah. So what we have to do is move that person into a better sales environment that suits that price, uh, which is normally the phone. So step one would be, right, give us your information. Step two would be book an appointment to speak to us about something. Yeah. And we'll try to move that person on to, into an environment where we can sell either the phone, get a meeting in person, maybe register for a webinar, yeah. uh, like an online meeting yeah. sort of thing. Um. And then there's lots of other things you can do to funnels. You know, some funnels are a lot longer than that. Some are some are a lot shorter. But that's the basis. Yeah. Of it. Okay. Yeah. Just
0: going back to your live events at venues and stuff. Mm. You know, there's a lot of bad publicity about some of those going on, isn't there? About for sure. People going, oh yeah, come for come for free. Da da da. And yep. all it is is people on stage
1: just selling. Just selling. Yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I you know I come from that background. So and and because I've been in the situation where I've purchased those types of events and I know how much they've helped me because I've taken action on them. I I completely support them, but don't get me wrong. I still, one of the reasons I started my event is because it's the exact opposite of that. So there's no selling from stage whatsoever. They're just learning what they get. The reason they get a bad rep is because people come, they give up their time thinking they're gonna learn something when actually all they get is told no to learn something, you gotta buy this thing. Yeah. And it's sort of like, well, I've just given up my time here to come here. And now you're saying, well, you've taught me a few little things, yeah. but not really the meat, the meat on the bones over there for two grand or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically keep it all online, tighten ship. ship,
0: yeah. work your funnels, work <laughs> yeah. your marketing. Let's go back into your marketing here. Talk to me about the different social media platforms that you find are the best.
1: I mean, you know, right now for marketing, for paid, anyway, for, for, paid, for paid, yeah, because yeah. we're a paid ads agency. You yeah. know, we don't do any of the fluffy branding stuff. It's um, we're, we're a direct response company, so it's like you know, we pay for a result then and there. Facebook, without a doubt, is where we spend most of our money. So we spend a, roughly around five, six hundred grand a month on ads at the moment, and eighty percent of that is spent on Facebook at the moment. Wow.
0: And Facebook own Instagram. Correct. Do you split, so so, like, do you so, so they're that. both the same. Do you yeah.
1: split it or do you just keep
0: a majority on Facebook? Or do you go, no, we go 50-50 Instagram, we, Facebook, pending on the age group?
1: Yeah, we, we we test everything really, to be honest. So what we'll do first of all is we'll put it on both platforms, but then you can see which is working best and what's pulling the best results. You know, awareness stuff is definitely really good on... Um, Uh, Instagram for sure you know we have a lot of awareness stuff and because you can run awareness campaigns now for so cheap like for instance with you with with your festival you could have you could have videos highlights for instance going out both on Facebook and Instagram of last year's event for instance and you could target either the people that have all got a ticket this year you could target just them right to get them hyped for it get them excited Or if you still want tickets, you could show it to people that have previously been, you could show it to a new group of people, but you can show them for so cheap, like on average, it'd cost you half a pence, half a pence to a penny to get a video view. Is that right? Yeah, so you could spend five quid and get a thousand people watch a video. Now what that is, that's not going to lead to any, there's no intent in that marketing. You're not asking them it's to brand do awareness. so. It's just brand awareness. Yeah. You're just keeping them there.
0: Well, that Instagram for that awareness, is that going through someone's story? Or is that going on your actual profile?
1: Well, it, yeah. I mean, you have got you. You can select where. You know, what, what I do with stories, like so normally the same ad that I put on Facebook, I would try on Instagram. Yeah. However, a story, I would actually make an ad specifically for that. Right. So, because so, it's got to be vertical. It's got to have, you know, different yeah. timings on it. It's got to be a little Transguard. bit more punchy. Transcribed if there's speaking definitely yeah, yeah. but um it, you know for awareness that platform both Facebook and Instagram is just so good because we're doing it for our event at the moment you can get so much you can get so much reach and awareness from doing it. It's a funny story how we learned this actually. Yeah. We we, we learned this by um when I first started Einstein. And we realized that this could be done on Facebook and Instagram, like this really cheap brand awareness. We, we, my friend had just started working in a restaurant. His name's Adrian, he's a, he moved over to this country when, he was, when we were in year, well, I was probably 14, and he, he didn't speak a word of English, he's French. Mm speaks english now and um one of his passions was always cooking he's a really good cook like amazing but as as you do you he went to uni studied something completely different yeah. right he studied sound engineering funny enough yeah. like all this yeah. all this all this gear here yeah. and um he ended up with a job in the city working for lions lionsgate he do like a lot of you know sound production for yeah, the uh-huh. big film companies yeah. uh good job well paid just weren't fulfilling his passion he went traveling as a lot of people do, he found himself when he was travelling. He come back and he was like, look, he was like, "Me, I'm not going to do this anymore. I yeah. want to." That was my French accent. Is he Welsh. He, <laughs> I was going to say it's a bad French accent. And then uh, he decided to um, uh, go apply for this head chef job in a, in a restaurant that was opening up in Gravesend. <clears throat> it was called Brasserie Thirty Two. And as I knew he would, he got the job straight away. The owner was like, "Look, you—that was amazing. You can do the whole menu for me. Brilliant, right?" Um. About about a month went by, and I and I just realised I haven't seen him, I haven't spoke to him, I haven't been to the pub and had a beer with him. I was mm. like, what's what's going on here? So I rang him up, and he said, yeah, it's just re- it's just like you know busy hours, and you if you, you probably know a few chefs, mm. not really the most social hours, mm. right? He's he's working Friday nights, Saturday nights, Thursday nights, mm. and I was like, I'm not seeing my best friend here. So I hadn't actually been down to the restaurant yet. Mm. So me and Emily, my missus. Who should have been my wife three times over now, but that's been delayed so many times because of COVID COVID, now. Yeah, bloody hell. (laughs) Me and Emily put on our ones, you know, and we take a stroll down to uh, Gravesend Town Centre where this uh, new restaurant is. And we walked into this place, and I'm not joking, this was a Friday night. It's probably about six, seven o'clock prime time. Walked into the restaurant, and it was empty in there. Like there was literally nobody mm. in there. There was not even a staff member mm. in there. We walked in and, you know, the hairs on the back of our neck yeah. stood up like, are we in the right place? Yeah. It's not the type of feeling you want your customers mm. feeling when they walk through the door. Mm. And we just as we were about to step outside to see if we we're in the right place, a little man runs out of the uh, out of the back door, which was the kitchen. And his name was Alan. And he was the owner. He'd come out, he had a little apron on, you know. Uh, and he come. Oh, hi guys, said, yeah, how can I help you? I said, I'm, you know, my best friends of Adrian, who's the chef. So oh, I'll come sit down, you know. And he took us to our seats, asked us what we wanted to drink. The service we were getting him was fantastic. He remembered my my name when he come back. I was having a crack and a little tiny dash of Coke. Emily was on some you know, wine, yeah. Sauvignon Blanc, whatever it's called. <laughs> and he was topping up our drinks along the way. He was telling us which wines go best with what's meats, what he recommends on a menu, and all this. We're having a great time, yeah. even though we were the only yeah. ones in here, getting proper one-on-one treatment. Food comes out. The food's amazing, yeah. as I knew it would yeah. be. And I, and I can just remember, looking around. This when it dawned on me. I looked around and I was like, why is this place empty? Mm. Because it ain't the service, mm. that's great. We're having a great time. Service is fantastic, they're lovely. It's not the food, because the food's the best food, especially in Graysend End. I've ever, End's not a place you want to mm. go and eat. Seriously, unless you're going for a kebab, walking mm. home from a, from a a night out at <laughs> three in the morning. You don't really want to eat there, but this was amazing. I couldn't believe how good it was. And I looked around, it's empty. And it dawned on me, you know, it wasn't the service, wasn't the, the food. It was because nobody knew they were there. Yeah simple as that yeah. and and I say this a lot to people you know when I when I speak and consult with a lot of people it, most of the time when people set up a business anyway just because they've set up a business they expect people to turn up that, that yeah. people are just going to know they're there especially if it's bricks and mortar yeah. if they've got an actual storefront like a restaurant mm. or a bar has mm. oh yeah of course we're going to get footfall mm. of course people are going to walk in mm. but they're not and uh, it was that when it dawned on me that I sort of sat down and I sat down with Andrew, who was the owner, and I said, look mate, you know, this should be this mm. place. All I know is that I'm gonna leave here and I'm gonna tell everyone mm. that in Gray's End that I know that this place was amazing. Yeah. I'm also gonna come back. And that's a winning formula mm. of a business. If they come back and they tell other people, mm. you're winning. So what we need is more people to come. Mm. So I said, look, why don't we do this? We're working on something at Einstein at the moment, which is like a brand awareness thing because it's so cheap on Facebook. You give me £5 a day. I won't charge you for our services. And I know, obviously, money's tight because you're empty. Mm. You give me £5 a day to spend on marketing. Five quid. Can you afford that? He said, yeah, of course I can. £150 a month or whatever it is. And then what I'm going to do is we're going to create some content and we're going to get this message out there. Yeah. So the first thing you've all got to do as a business, especially on Facebook, you've got to have some sort of content. Like you guys, it will be your highlights of last year, right? Your promo videos yeah. and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Maybe snippets of the band, snippets of the games that, yeah. that are being played at Bournemouth Sevens, right? Yeah. That's your content. The restaurant, their content is the food. Yeah. So what, what I did on a Monday when they were closed, I took my video guy, Billy Bones, down there and we filmed Adrian making every single meal on the menu, every from start to finish. This is what it looks like. They're raw, all on a plate, chopped up, in the pan, Bosch, flames going up, cool you know, scene. to being served up on a plate. And what we started to do was every Monday, on a Monday, we would put out video one, mill one. We put that out. Targeting our targeting for this marketing campaign was easy. Everyone in Gravesend yeah, above done. the age of twenty—that yeah, was it. Done. Don't, don't care the about
0: demographics down there, roughly.
1: Uh, I mean, it's a, its a—it's pretty broad, to be honest. Yeah. Broad and balanced. Yeah, it's a was really it broad and balanced. Uh, I think them? I think it's one hundred twenty thousand okay. in Gravesend. Yeah, one hundred twenty thousand okay. people, and if they're above the age of twenty, we want them seeing these videos. Brilliant. And that was it. We, we put one video, posted it on his Facebook page, promoted it to everyone in Gravesend, five pound a day. The video started playing and we started getting thousands of views a day. So I was like, this is bloody amazing. Yeah, you know, it's cool, costing yeah. us less than a penny to get a view. Yeah,
0: brilliant.
1: And I told Andrew, with a strategy like this, don't expect this place to just fill up. Mm. Because again, it's not a direct response strategy. Mm. There's no intent. We're not asking them to book. Mm. We're not asking them to do anything. That costs more money. Yeah. We're, we're tight on cash, we need brand awareness. So. When John, who's sitting at home, laying on his sofa, scrolling through Facebook, sees one of these videos Mm. of this amazing steak being made, he's not gonna immediately call up Brasserie 32 on a Sunday night and book a table. However, when his missus shouts out from upstairs, John, when you taking me out? He says, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go out Friday, and I know where we'll go. We'll go to Brasserie 32, because I saw a really good video of a steak being made there the other day on Facebook. Boom, your solution, is in their minds when the problem of where we eat arises. Yeah. So that's what brand awareness does in this instance, is, is it plants, it seeds a solution to a problem when the problem arises. Not everyone's ready to buy when you're ready to sell. And then repetition, the next Monday, that one goes off, we start the next meal. And then what happened was, I, I again, I hadn't been down there for about six weeks. It's we, about six weeks later, we went down there and I can remember it—the feeling of walking in—it was so good. Same same uh, time, Friday around sort of seven o'clock, we walked into this restaurant, and I'm not joking—you it was rammed, full to the brim of people, like you know, madness. You had you had staff running around like blue ass flies, yeah. sweating, yeah, trying to get everyone's yeah, yeah. tables. You had knives, uh, knives and forks banging on plates. You had laughter. You had—it t- was just a different yeah. place. So much so, someone eventually come up to us as we stood there like donuts for about ten minutes and said. Hi can I help you? I said yeah we'd like a like a table please. He said oh no sorry we're we're sold out tonight. Yeah, yeah. I said what do you mean? He said yeah we're fully booked I'm really mm-hmm. sorry. I said I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll walk down a pub have a couple of bevies we'll come back in about an hour or two. She mm-hmm. said I'm sorry we're fully booked all night. Double serving, and I didn't even care. Wow. Mate, a big smile was That's on my quality. face because I'd helped uh, that that guy Andrew out so much, and, and Adrian obviously as well. Now he's doing his thing he loves. The best part about it was Andrew had to take on another shift, yeah. So Adrian actually got more time off as well mm. because now they were busy. He Could warrant getting on my staff, mm. and it literally transformed that business, you know, That's just brilliant. by five quid a day.
0: Did you find like the Gen Z are using Facebook? Do you find in like that sort mm. of? 16 to 24 year old are using Facebook or are they coming back again? How's it, how's it, how's it for you? So they
1: definitely have. Funnily enough, I was actually in a, in a meeting with a potential client yesterday and um, who is targeting that exact demographic, 16 to 25 year old. So we went on Facebook, just did a bit of market research on there. There was 11 million people in the UK that are in that demographic. 11, which is a good percentage of the UK yeah. still. 11 million people um, I've got a Facebook account between the ages of 16 and 25. Wow, which shows me that they're still they're still there. They are still creating accounts for sure. But it might
0: be once a week, look, or once every couple of days, rather than Instagram is constant.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly. But again, it's the same sort of um, it's the same ad platform anyway. You just it's just it's a different environment, but now it's all managed in the same place anyway, so we can target them just as easy on Facebook. First thing you've got to do is stop the scroll. You've got to stop them scrolling. Okay. So that's it, because most of the time. If are your, your ads aren't working I can pretty much guarantee it's because no one's stopping to see it yeah that's it so the first thing you've got to do is you've got to stop the scroll and an image in some ways can do that or it's easier for an image to do that a lot of the time than a video yeah. you know um, we've got we've got a client that's in um, uh, cosmetics and what you know and a really good ad that's working for her is literally it's a black and white outline of a woman's face and then bright red puffy lips yeah that's it that's all it is. And it's working amazingly well. Just that ad, because again, I think it just stops the scroll. The big red lips just stop people scrolling. And that's,
0: that's when the algorithms benefit you.
1: Yeah, because because once you've stopped them scrolling, now you've got their attention, mm. but now you've got to keep it. So step one is stop the scroll, and then biologically, what happens to the human eye? when you stop on Facebook, when you stop, because this has actually been proven, when when you stop scrolling, your eye, without you having any control over it, now you're conscious of it, you, it'll annoy you now. Yeah. I've told you about it. Yeah. Next time you're on Facebook, you're gonna go, like, fucking hell, Matt, tell me about this." When your eye stops, without you knowing, your eye then goes down, and that's where the headline is. The reason a headline on a Facebook ad is below, not above, You know, think of a newspaper. Headline, then an image, then the copy. Facebook, it's the other way around. Once someone stops scrolling, because they're scrolling down, I think it is, they stop scrolling, their eye then continues down. So they read the headline. So the step two is to write a headline on the ad that gets them not to click or buy or do whatever, but to get them to then read the copy. Because then if that headline does grab your attention and intrigues you enough, again, without you knowing it, and it's so annoying when you do know, without you knowing it, your eye then goes up to the top, which wow. is where the description of the ad is, okay. which is then where you sell them, yeah. where you sell them on the click and you get them to you know click. Because yeah. step three is writing a, a copy, the body copy, the sales copy of the ad, you know, where they click show more and then yeah. it, writing that, that again drives the click. So what you want to try to do is get them to click. So stop them scrolling, get them to read, and then when they're reading, get them to click. And it's those three things that make when you know when I've taught this and we've had clients use this, you know you can increase click-through rates a hell of a lot. You know mm-hmm. the amount of people actually clicking yeah, on your ads because yeah. they're focusing on it in that way. Wow,
0: great information! Yeah, <laughs> so how important is copy?
1: Uh, it's pretty much yeah, it's everything really. So you know. copy
0: on a on an ad in Facebook and Instagram, and copy on a email, the emails that are going out from your funnel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's everything because it's the messaging. That is you talking to that customer. Imagine if you were selling to someone, you know, you wouldn't, if you're a skilled salesperson, you're not gonna do that in a bad, lazy way and not be specific and not be generic to who you're talking to. You're gonna be very, very clear in your communication when you're selling to them face to face. What a lot of people do is they forget that when they write it. You know, they forget they're still talking to someone. There's just no voice, they're just Mm. reading it. So it, that's why we always use the term sales copy. It's not just words; it's mm. sales copy because you're always you, you're, you're influencing them along the way. You're yeah. trying to get them to do the next thing you want them to do. Mm. So it's very, very important. You know, one of my most expensive employees is my copywriter because yeah. because finding a good copywriter they cost. It's one of the highest paid jobs jobs is in that the world. Right? Yeah, sales copy. I mean, you know, I know a sales copywriter that's in one of my masterminds, and he makes two, three million a year. You're joking, just man. from a, just because he knows it, just to be an outsourced copywriter, so he he'll charge. For instance, he might charge twenty grand to write a sales copy, but then he'll also take he'll also take comms on the sales, just like a salesman would.
0: So he take you commissions know. on someone else's sales in their business. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's got the copyright right.
1: Yeah, because he cause to guarantee the sale, and that, that's how his business works because he knows his copy's so good and generates such big volumes of sales. So he's big in like the supplement market, for instance. He What's writes his name um, uh, Alex Mandozian. Yeah, he'll write sales copy for these types of businesses, which are worth you know millions, hundreds of millions in sales. A lot of the time, mm. you know, he's generated—I can't remember his numbers—hundreds of millions, if not over a billion, in sales through his sales copy. Mm. So it's a very, 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 very like niche skill. You know, it's a very niche mm. skill to learn, and and finding them is really, really hard. Yeah, you know, and- any good ones in the UK. Yeah, there is. Apart from yourself. Y- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, 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 there's okay. definitely a few guys that yep. we've used in the past that are good. Um, do you find that when you've used them, you know what pretty
0: much what they were doing that you can actually grab that and do it Oh, yourself? yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, there's, a, there's an amazing book um, uh, on this topic and it is the best learning. I, I've studied copywriting a lot. So I've been on, I've spent, tens of thousands on, on courses and seminars, learning copywriting for some of the best in the world. You know, like Dan Kennedy is one of the, one of the greatest known copywriters, mm. yeah? A guy called Dan Kennedy in the States. And he's got a lot of trainings on it and I've pretty much consumed all of his stuff. And there was a book, which is only about 150 pages that I got for 30 quid. It was 30 quid, which is mm. expensive for a book, but mm. still. And without a doubt, it was more valuable than all of that. And it was called the 16 word sales letter the best book or best information I've ever read on copywriting. It's so step-by-step step to the point, this is what you've got to do, do this. Now you've got to write this, Brilliant. now you've got to write that. And yeah, I I'd, I'd recommend that to everyone because if oh, you want to read it, that book, 150 pages. So not only did it only take me an hour where I've spent months of my life yeah, and tens of thousands brain. of my time <laughs> learning all this stuff. That explained it so clearly. That, that I'll make all my team read it. Mm. You know, It's one of those books, mm. it's a really good one.
0: And let's move on to YouTube. Mm. How important is YouTube in someone's strategy for brand awareness?
1: Massively, yeah. I think it's, well, it depends on your industry, but if you can have some sort of YouTube presence as a, in, in terms of a channel, then definitely. I, I work with a lot of service-based businesses. They provide some sort of service. A really good way to sell a service is to try and teach someone how to do it themselves, mm. You know, because that qualifies your audience for you. Yeah. And what, for, exa- ha- for example? So, for example, I don't know. Um, for you, let, let's, for say, you let's, let's say I'm an accountant. Yeah. Let's say I'm an accountant. I'm an accountant, and my target audience are self-employed or uh, people or business owners that yeah. want to do a tax return. Most of the time, clients find me because they want help with a tax return. Yeah. And then what happens is I can send them through all my other services and offer them other stuff. But they find me because they want help with a tax return. Yeah. I might do a video teaching those people how to do their own tax return. This does two things. First of all, it qualifies your audience. Why would someone watch this video if they wasn't interested in filing a tax return? There's no reason, so it qualifies them. Secondly, what it will do is it will position you as an expert. So they will immediately see you as that expert Mm. because you're the one teaching them. And thirdly, puts you there when they realize, as every human being does, that they don't want to do it themselves. You know, the the beautiful thing about when you teach someone how to do something, a lot of the time, if you're a service, they're just like, Fuck, can you just yeah. do this for me? Yeah. I don't really understand this, but I can do it for you if you yeah. want, I'll charge 500 quid, but you know, do you want me to do it for you? Yeah. Absolutely, do that for me. Yeah. You know, so YouTube's a great platform for that, but for ads as well, you know, YouTube ads, amazing platform because in YouTube, they're further down the buying cycle right they're yeah. further down that buying cycle in youtube they're actually looking for something a lot of the time they're looking for a solution how to this is the most right, um, okay. is the most popular keyword phrase in 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 youtube everyone's looking for how to yeah. or they might be looking for a review on something or you know uh they might be looking for other people that have used a different service testimonials and things like that they are already looking for you. So you know that the person watching it must be your audience. You can tell So they love festivals, say, for example. Yeah, for instance, if they're looking at festivals, if they're looking at festivals in the UK or festival highlight, you can choose your video to go before they watch that video. You know that's how targeted you can get on YouTube.
0: And what sort of money is that? Is it a lot more expensive than Facebook, Insta?
1: A lot of the time, actually, a lot of the time, funnily enough, for direct response stuff. Anyway, it's not definitely not cheaper for brand awareness, but Mm. for for your 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 direct response ads that are sending them somewhere, it's a lot cheaper. Mm. For the main reason, the main reason being is there's not as much competition on there. Mm. There's not as much competition on YouTube because it takes more work, you yeah. know, you've got to create a video. Yeah. Some people don't know how to do that. Yeah. Most businesses on Facebook still just use images. YouTube, you can't use an image. So you have to use a video. So immediately you eliminate loads of your competition. It can't be asked, they don't know, they haven't got the time, not the confidence to do a video, mm-hmm. right? They haven't got that there. Mm-hmm. So immediately you've got a lot less competition Um, over there, which normally can even it out in terms of, but the conversion will always be better. You know, the conversion and a lot of the time, the value of that customer that comes from YouTube will always be higher.
0: So if you're putting an advert in front of someone's video, how can you get them from watching your video to a call to action?
1: First of all, you've got to interrupt them because a lot of the time, there's different types of ads. This one that you're talking about, uh, it's called uh, um, an in-stream ad. So it's actually in the video, right? Before they start. So those ones, you've got to grab attention pretty quickly. Yeah. So the first 10 sec- five seconds even of that video got, has got to grab their attention yeah. because immediately, if not, what they're going to think is, fuck off. And as soon as that yeah. skip button comes up, they'll skip yeah. the video.
0: Well, most of us all do that, don't we? Yeah, Come yeah and skip, absolutely. Hurry up, fight, yeah. Unless, but it takes a real good video to let you stay more than five seconds. Yeah, so absolutely. I like, want to watch this ad.
1: And, and I mean, with, with, um, with YouTube anyway, it's really, really important. You've got 10 seconds before that skip button comes up okay and the the, the important thing to remember if you can get them to take that action in that 10 seconds you don't pay anything
0: right okay so they're they're pushing okay
1: yes that's free wow you know they don't even charge you they charge you once they start watching it after so if you can get a call to action in there as well then you you ain't paying for nothing so it's got to grab their attention and then you've got to call them to action fairly quick you know to get that to work
0: and is there a price like uh uh a click price for something like that
1: Oh uh, yeah, it all depends on industry, but you know, you're, you're talking sub pound clicks, definitely. Okay, You're talking sub pound clicks a okay. lot of the time, depending on industry, mm. yeah. And then the other types of videos, obviously, are the ones that show up over on the side, you know, your placement ads. So these are the ones that are actually show up in the suggested videos. So oh, they're watching yeah. video one, and then right there, the top suggested video is you. Ah, okay. And then that's the one they look next. Now these a lot of the time don't look like ads. This is where these this is where these these ones can be really powerful, because these will just look like a suggested video, and a lot of the time we will get a lot of clicks where there's more intent, because again, you're not interrupting them and pissing them off. Yeah, they're choosing, choosing to watch to go your there. video. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they're really they're really good those videos, and they work they work really well. Wow. Yeah.
0: Now tell me about TikTok advertising. Do you use that, or is that
1: we, we've just started? Literally in the last sort of three months, we've just started. My teams, my two guys that run ads for us, at Einstein, we've just started learning it, mm. and we've run a few tests. But you know, it's something that we're definitely looking at. Mm. I've got a guy that runs TikTok ads coming to speak at my event. Okay. And I'll be watching that. You know, I'll Intended, be watching that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tell me about LinkedIn. Is LinkedIn worth advertising? I've heard it's expensive.
1: Yeah, that's the the main thing with LinkedIn is it's it's um, on average five times more expensive than Facebook. Right. So right from the very start, you're five times worse off. It's called a CPM. So every 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 uh, advertising platform charges on a CPM, which is cost per thousand impressions. Yeah. And the average CPM. Uh, on Facebook, let's say, 10 pound, the average CPM on LinkedIn is uh, 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 50 pounds. Is that right? Just to show them the ad. Okay. So even if even if the ad on LinkedIn performs twice as well, you're still 2.5 times worse off yeah. doing it on LinkedIn. Yeah. So th- we, we've struggled with LinkedIn ads. We've pretty much, for our clients anyway, we've pretty much just moved them away from it because in terms of an ROI we can always get a better result elsewhere yeah. and there's more people yeah and and you know a lot of people that that want LinkedIn they're like oh yeah my audience isn't on Facebook they're on LinkedIn mm. or I'm in B2B that's the one we get yeah. a lot. <laughs> I'm B2B not B2C okay cool how many uh, how many people do you think uh, are on LinkedIn your target audience or no actually this, this is a question I ask how many people do you know that are on LinkedIn mm. Uh, I know 20 people that are yeah. on LinkedIn. Okay, yeah. how many of those haven't got a Facebook account? Mm. And they say, well, they've all got a Facebook mm. account. So I said, exactly then. Mm. So what you just said to me is, oh, yeah, my audience isn't on Facebook because they're B2B mm. is bollocks. Yeah. Because they're on Facebook. Yeah, of course. It's just a different platform. You've got to find them in different ways. You've got to engage them in different ways yeah. over there than you would over here. Mm. So you can make them work in, in both instances. But, you know, I, I know guys that make LinkedIn work for, mm. for certain things. Um, but we, yeah, we, we've we've struck for good, you know good solid sort of lead gen. Mm. Um, it's just really really expensive. I'd rather pay uh, you know five pound for a lead than fifty. Yeah, because because again, as it, as long as you're funneling them, if you're putting them through a funnel that's designed correctly, that that will do its job to qualify them mm. and, and and increase the value of that person anyway. Mm. You know,
0: how do you put when you put videos up on Facebook and stuff, and you know someone likes that. How do those videos I'm on another website someone, those videos have been following me around.
1: Yeah. Do you what, do that? What on other sites? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, it's just retargeting. Mm. I mean, this is the big thing at the moment that um that's 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 happened with Facebook, obviously, isn't it? With the new iOS update yeah. on <clears throat> on the new Apple on the new Apple Apple iOS. It's just come out the last is. couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah, lot of it yeah, about about a month or two yeah. ago now. But that that's basically what that stopped. It stopped you what i used to be able to do if someone saw an ad on facebook i could i could show that to them in the display network which is known as a display network which is like you know other sites so i could i could follow them around on other sites yeah. uh, other video sites other other shopping sites whatever i can have an ad that follows them around that stopped that from happening if that person has turned that off so if someone's turned that off on their phone i can't no longer retarget but for the most part you still can yeah. because people People that have got an iPhone especially that have this misconception, I do this all the time, and I think everyone has got an iPhone on the planet yeah, yeah. because why wouldn't you? They're the best phones ever. Yeah. But actually only 22% of the market is iPhone. The other 88 is, um, uh, sorry, 78 is um, Android. Android. Android, which is hard to believe because, mm. I, again, I can't imagine anyone not, not having an iPhone. But So it's only a small percentage of the market plus the people that have turned that off. You can't do that to anymore, but you mm. can absolutely keep following mm. around, yeah? Mm. Yeah, retargeting—it's—it's it's magical when so, you when you do so it. So tell
0: right. me, Matt, your day to day—what's your day to day? You've got X amount of clients; they pay you X amount of money each month
1: yep. to get a big reach. Yeah. What's
0: your day to day? Are you looking? Are you looking at numbers constantly?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, my my job most of the time is—you uh, know—I'll only deal with a couple of our clients, like the bigger ones, anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just making sure the team's happy. You know, you know what it's like being at the, being at the top in a, in a in a organization—you're yeah. just putting out fires most of the yeah. time. You know dealing with problems, training the team. So most of my time is there, but it, it, my my time and focus is how we grow Einstein. That's where most of yeah. my attention is. Like what can we do next to, to get more clients in? What can we do next to add more uh, value to the marketplace? You know, like with the event and other programs and stuff like that, that we're launching. That's where my mind normally is yeah, in okay. between putting out fires. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And tell me about the uh, Double Comma Club.
1: The Two Comma Club, yeah. The Two Two Comma Club is like um, there's a software called ClickFunnels, which is what, what I use anyway to build all of these funnels. Russell right? Brunson. Russell yeah, Brunson, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I met Russell um, about ten years ago. Actually, mm. now I met him on a marketers' cruise. There's the, the, the I don't even know if it still happens now, but there used to be a thing called the marketers' cruise, and marketers used to get together once a year on a cruise down the Caribbean and just you know have a jolly, basically, you know, meet up. It's, it was just like a social mastermind. Mm. Didn't cost anything, uh, but only a few people got the invite, sort of thing. And I met him there. This is long, well before he started ClickFunnels. And then I was in a mastermind with Russell. We were both in the same mastermind together in the States. And um, he was actually building this this software called ClickFunnels. And for those of you guys that don't know, it's basically just a website builder, but specifically for the types of funnels that I'm talking about, you know, capturing leads, converting leads. Yeah. Got really good um, uh, little add-ons, and it's just so easy to use. You, a, fi- a five-year-old could use Do you enjoy the use user
0: it. experience of it?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. You do, yeah. but I've been I, again. I've I, I literally beta tested it. So because oh, I was in Russell's master, I was in a mastermind with Russell, and him and Todd were actually there. I can remember it. I went down and sat next to him. I was like, "You're all right, boys. How's it going?" And they're working on this thing. I said, like, "What's that?" And they said, oh, "It's ClickFunnels. This yeah. thing we're working on." It's before they launched it. It's like a hundred million dollar company now. Yeah, it's massive, plus massive yeah, Yes, it? huge. Yeah. 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 Um, and they let me beta test it. So I was in the thick of it right at the start. And you, they, they basically do these awards. If you build a funnel that does over a million pound in sales, uh, they send you one of these awards. It's really cool. It looks like a- um, A record label. It looks like, like, a, yeah. like, like a gold, you yeah. know, like when you've got a gold record yeah, label. yeah, yeah, All um, framed up, isn't All it? framed up, yeah. it's lovely. Yeah. Got your name and your date on the bottom. Right. So I've got two of them now, actually. They sent me another one um, a couple of months ago. But that's why you get it, yeah. And ClickFunnels is just the software that we use we use to build all of the pages you don't have to have it we do we use it for einstein and then we try to get our clients to use it because it's easier for us to help them if they've got it right okay because you know if they've got a normal website like wordpress and something like that it's just more clunky it's slower i can go into i can go into click funnels and completely duplicate a whole funnel at a push of a button if I wanted to. So then I've got two versions of it. I can run split tests at a push of a button. I can say, boom, it duplicates that one page. I change something on the version two, and then I've got a split test running. You know, Really easy to use in terms of Do you of find that
0: though that if someone's going to a website, the click funnel won't look pretty? Compared to going to a website with a funnel in it,
1: well, it, it, it all depends on you know because we custom build ours. Mm. So if you you because you can still custom build a click funnel, if you use their basic templates and you're using it basic, it won't look as pretty as a site. But this is a really good point though, because pretty doesn't convert a lot of the time. Mm. What converts is basic, just d- getting them to make a decision. So a lot of the time, the flashier the website, the lower the conversion will be, because it's distracting. Yeah. You know, that n- a normal website, this is why I I, I tell people, do, do not, whatever you do, pay ads to run them to a normal website, like a homepage. Yeah. The biggest waste of money ever. Yeah. They land on a page and there's, You've got a home page yeah, about yeah. us, contact us at the top. Yeah. Then you have, normally, you have this huge banner that runs across and it will have a word there, you yeah. know, like achieve, yeah, well, yeah. greatness. And it's like, <laughs> what the and you're driving people there and they land on this page. They don't know why they're there, what you've got or how they can get it. Yeah. And they're the things you need to tell them. When someone lands on the page, they need to know what you got, why they want it and how they can get it. Mm. So, it, you know, instead of having that, have a, just a really good strong headline, then a call to action. They don't look the prettiest, but they convert the highest. Really? And when you're spending money on ads, that's all that matters. You still should have a pretty website.
0: Can you go straight into a funnel, and then they can click somewhere if they want to go to the pretty website? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's what we do a lot of the time. So, for instance, a lot of the time, we'll build someone's funnel on their www. forward slash funnel. Yeah, would be where we build that page. So, when you're running ads, especially. Um, send them to a page that's designed for conversion. Conversion rate optimization is what you've got to be thinking about, like how you can get the biggest percentage of visitors into leads at least, yeah. because because that's how you can make the most efficient use of your advertising spend. If yeah. you're if you're sending, even if you just send them to an offer, what happens is send them to an offer to buy something. Let's say you send a thousand people to an offer where you're selling something to a, for a thousand pounds. Let's say by some miracle one person buys it. Mm. So oh, that ain't too bad. I've spent a thousand, made mm. a thousand. We might be able to make this better. Mm. Then you work on it a little bit. Now you've got two sales. That's great. We're sent, spending a thousand pounds, sending a thousand people to a page. We're getting two customers. Mm. We're doubling our money. What they're forgetting is the 998 people they've sent there, they've paid to send there, that are now gone forever. Yeah. Unless you pay for them to come back. Yeah. What I'd prefer to do is send them somewhere that converts. of those into a lead, i.e. they're on my email list. Now I've got 350 people there. Out of those 350 people, my two buyers are still in there, of course Mm. they are. They're still gonna buy that. Now what I've got is two buyers, I've doubled my money, plus, I've got 348 mm. other potential buyers that I can now follow up with for free because I've captured their information, yeah. and that's what when we talk about ad spend efficiency, that's what we mean by that. It's it's how we make that money we're spending as efficient as possible. Otherwise, it's just like throwing you know stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to always think we look after our clients' money like it's our own. Yeah. And we, we try to make it the, the spend as efficient for them as possible. Mm. Because what we see is we can normally convert whatever sales we generate here, we can normally out of that and those leads, those 348 leads, we can normally convert another two sales from those yeah, okay. over time. Yeah. whether that's Whether that's in the next month, in the next six months, in the next year. Mm. But that data is worth something mm. because you can communicate with those people for free now yeah you know you can send them other other uh content you can send them other videos other brand awareness other offers and Mm. over time you'll convert them but Mm. if you haven't got them on your list that would cost you a lot of money to Mm. keep doing that to those people
0: so once you've got them they might buy in six months nine months 12 months at least they're going to
1: at least sale at least you can put it put an offer in front of them for free the only other option is you pay again to Facebook, you pay, again, or you pay YouTube, yeah. or you pay someone else to show them the offer. Whereas if you capture them, then you can do that for free via email, via text, via phone, yeah. you know, call them up, tell them about the offer. You know, if we do a, 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 a some sort of offer in Einstein, we've got a list like with the event, we've got a list of people we can tap up for that because mm. they're there. We haven't got to spend money on ads, although we still do, mm. but we've still got warmer people on our list that we don't have to pay. Mm. Uh, we don't have to pay to show an offer. Yeah. So are
0: you constantly let's move on to your event. Mm. Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference. Yeah. Tell me about that. Where is it? What is who's going to be on on stage? And tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so it's the Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference at, at EMC for short, sort of fits into the Einstein brand as well, the old EMC, which yeah. is a, which was a bit of a touch when yeah. we named it. Um but yeah, we, we ran the first one last year, funnily enough. And um it was all born out of that what we spoke about earlier, really, you know, about the events, especially over here in the UK anyway. A lot of these sort of "Quote unquote business events that teach you something about business, whether that's marketing or you know investing or whatever. It's all that same sort of thing. You know, you either pay a low price or it's free, and then you come and then you're asked to pay a load more money to give up more of your time to actually learn the stuff. And it was born from that idea. and mm. And we, we we decided to put on the first one last year in Brighton, two hundred and fifty people. I'd tap up all my contacts, like really sharp marketing guys, agency owners, not speakers and coaches and trainers, although some of them are, but their core business is actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Agency owners, uh, business owners that have grown serious businesses to come and share how they've done it with one goal in mind. And that was to make the event so good that not only did everyone buy a ticket for next year, but they also brought a friend along. That was yeah. that was our goal. So last year the goal was, that I knew that I'd probably lose a bit of money putting it on last right. year because I knew the market would be quite expensive. You know, it was just me basically selling a dream yeah. in the ads. The ads was just me, yeah, just selling a dream. I get and, it. And, I and totally get it. You totally get it. it. Yeah, I, I had no of proof. Course. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't show promo footage. I couldn't. I'd never done it before. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, we sold it out. Um, it was a slog, but we sold it out at two fifty. And we literally just set, put it out everywhere. This event's now sold yeah. out. We made a big deal a bit yeah. about it being sold out. Luckily, we actually made about three and a half grand going mm. into the event. Mm. So I was like, yeah, at least. at least we didn't lose money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone just absolutely was blown away by it. They, they, you know, First of all, the reason I chose Brighton is because I didn't want London. Yeah. I just didn't want it to be a the busy, norm. horrible place. So so I take Bring it to down to Bournemouth. Bournemouth or even, yeah, go. Bournemouth, just go down the South Coast, <laughs> why not? But um, yeah, put it on in Brighton. They loved it. They just said, look, man, the value was amazing. We actually had... 60 of the 200 that showed up because only 200 showed up because mm. COVID was just coming, like mm. literally, we well, were in lo- What
0: month was it then?
1: Mate, it was March 4th to 6th. Was Two it? weeks later, oh, we were in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, if, if our event was the end of the month, we would have been, well, mm. I would have been distraught. It mm. would have been horrible. Luckily, we just got by by the skin of our teeth, but a lot of people didn't come still. Mm. Still had a lot of people not turn up.
0: Mm. And yeah. this and this year, your event's on September, there's what, 16th, 17th, 18th? 17th to the 19th, 17th,
1: yeah. 17th to the 19th, we've got- um, Whereabouts in Brighton? It's at the Hilton Metropole.
0: Oh, lovely! Yeah,
1: and uh, we've got Stephen Bartley. Actually, he's one of like the headline speakers. He's, he's on he's
0: the he's Dragons come, Den, isn't he?
1: Coming on? He's the young. He's just been announced as the youngest uh, dragon on Dragons Den. He sold his company, Social Chain. Again, he's a marketer, so it fits him yeah. perfectly. He's a he, he run a social media agency for big brands. You yeah. know, big brands with millions to spend yeah. on an ad, right? Yeah. Uh, Coca-Cola, Budweiser is his clients. He just sold it he cut his company last year for 200 mm, million. He sold insane. his company for yeah. It. Even Don At, McGregor. Yeah, it's yeah. 200 million and uh, he's 28, yeah. sickening. Yeah. And uh, he's coming down, he's gonna come down and, and share some wisdom. And then we've got some really amazing speakers talking about Facebook ads, funnels, Google ads, uh, Clubhouse, yeah. TikTok ads, LinkedIn any 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 marketing strategy that's working to get people clients they're going to my audience are going to learn when they're there and uh, without being sold to yeah. that's the most important thing you know they're not going to be asked to run to the back of the room or buy anything yeah. so it can be done and once again once you multiply those numbers for us it'll be a really good a really good event like mm. we you know we've got a lot of services and, and and ranging from really low price right up to really high prices that we're going to have on offer there um, but again, it's their decision to come up and yeah. talk to us about those. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different uh, conversation when they walk up to you. You know,
0: well, it's a lot easier. Well, yeah, it's absolutely. A, it's a warm lead for sure. They're walking <laughs> to you, yeah. Matt, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode. No, oh, well, yeah, mate. Cheers for Well wealth, wealth for knowledge, yeah. wealth for knowledge. And anyone listening out there, go and check them out. Where can people find you?
1: EinsteinMarket.com dot com um, is is like our main site, and that's mainly just a blog. To be honest, you know, we put out a lot of free information on there mm. just to help educate small businesses. Like we don't help big brands. We help the we help the small businesses that yeah. need leads and need sales. So if you are that, definitely go there. EMC2021.com. Um If you wanted to um to come to the event and get a ticket, Uh and that's it. Instagram. Instagram. I'm Instagram. Matty Wilson. M A T Y Wilson. Yeah. Matty Lovely,
0: Wilson. Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, mate. Man, listen, wealth,
1: wealth of quality knowledge. Thanks for having me, mate. Hopefully, it was a, a valuable. File. Mate. Fantastic. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Yeah. Cheers, brother. Nice one. Thanks, cheers, mate. mate. Cheers.